A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. What is going on everybody? My name is Connor Lawler. Welcome to another week of Movie Mondays. This is the Here's for Hire podcast. We are back again talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news, and just generally having a bit of a chit-chat about everything to do with film. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Meehan. Sean, how is it going? I'm, I'm good, Connor. I'm really excited. It's nearly the Christmas month. It is nearly the Christmas month. We are one day away from, oh, the oh-so-joyous moment when actually Ireland will lift the lockdown for a very quiet time, I can only assume. This is, yes, and, and surely what could go wrong in that time? And <laughs> We lock him down until December 1st, give him three weeks to do two months shopping. Ooh, just everyone pack it all in together. Everyone go at the same time. We'll be grand. Um, Sardines, boy. Speaking speaking of which, um, hopefully we'll be able to get together before Christmas this year. Um, Yes. I think the 18th is when I would be allowed to leave my area and go to your area. That's So that's pretty close. We are cutting it fine, but we are hopefully going to get a Christmas episode in the same room together. If we can, and if not, we'll figure it out. Will you? I'll turn up to your house anyway. I'll Just shout outside the window. Come down the chimney, it'll be festive. <laughs> but also, Sean, if you want to skip all those shopping lines at Christmas time, oh, you, and you're looking... You awful man. <laughs> <laughs> and you're looking for the perfect Christmas present. Well, do I have a place for you? Because we have announced today that tomorrow we are launching our our uh, Spreadshirt shop that has all of the Heroes for Hire merch. If you are looking to do one of those things and get something for a loved one that you don't like at Christmas. Well, you could also love yourself. That's an option. Mm. It's true. That's true as well. Um, I wouldn't get these if you do. 
But oh, if you you're really not great could, at the old marketing there, but <laughs> no, we are very excited about the fact that we are launching our very first shop. And we just want to say thank you to everyone who supported us over the last like two years, two and a bit years now. I mean, it's been mental to go from where we were to now we're in a position that we can lodge stuff that has a logo that we designed on it and people are actually interested in purchasing that further collection. Yeah, it's honestly shocking and thank you all so, so much. Um, It's nice to know that we've often said when we started this show, we were just shouting into the void, but now Mm. the void is shouting back. And it's saying, you're shit. Fuck off. It's telling me to kill. (laughs) Is that Tom Riddle's diary you're shouting back at? (laughs) I just thought I keep speaking to snakes. It's it's whatever. (laughs) I just thought everyone did that. Is that not, is that not what's happening? Is that, not, is that really how you guys spend your Christmas? Is, you talk is to that snakes not what we're and murder. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is um, this was our bit of announcement, and we're going to get that out of the way because we are actually starting this week. Um, oh, actually, by the way, we may admit that there are new tiers on the Patreon. If you do want to go check them out, I will say no more about that. That's true. But and also, just uh, one more thing on the Patreon, we will be uh, announcing the winner of the shirt and mug on that as well. Coming yeah. up soon. Um, okay, so let's get into the news, and we are starting this week, Shad, actually with a ba- bit of sad news. And that is oh. in the Star Wars world, as David Prowse passed away. This is the original Darth Vader, and he starred in um, a Clockwork, Clockwork Orange as well. Uh, he passed away at 85. Yeah, this was... This, David Prowse is like one of those integral parts of uh, the Star Wars legacy that so often got overlooked. Mm. Uh, like, like, you know, a, a, a lot of the Star Wars community... Like knew who he was and uh, really valued everything he added to it. But I think a lot of people didn't know that he was the man inside of the Darth Vader suit. Cause he was, well, that's because, to be fair, he didn't realise he was going to be replaced either. This is also true. There's a very famous mm. thing that he found out that he wasn't the voice of Darth Vader when he took all of his family to go see it in cinema. Fuck <laughs> it. Imagine. Imagine that scene, and you're sitting there going, "Maybe they dubbed my voice. Maybe they like turned it up at auto tune. Certainly doesn't sound like me. Certain sounds a lot like. I mean, that guy's going to star in the Fossa. Lion King in a few years. <laughs> yeah, when they make the Lion King, that's who they'll get. <laughs> but I, yeah, he um, he don't like Darth Vader. He brings a lot of. Obviously, he's starred in other things, as we mentioned. He worked in cinema for six decades. And he did his final role in 2016. So he's not just Star Wars and out kind of thing. He was also in Doctor Who as well. Um, but in in regards to what he's probably best known for, it's bringing a bit of like aura and just menace to the Star to Darth Vader. Because not only do you have this very skilled character, he's also like intimidating when he walks into a room. Yeah, he carries himself, and he was a bodybuilder, like so. He he was massive and this imposing, tall, built figure. And mm. then th- there is like the behind the scenes of the actual filming of it, and it you know it's David Prowse saying all of Darth Vader's lines, and maybe it's because we've seen it as James Earl Jones so much. But there is this weird disconnect where it doesn't sound right. 
Um, no, but, but I suppose you associate that character with that voice. That's it, and like, but so much of the character and characterization is in like how Darth Vader carries himself <clears throat> and how people literally look up to him. But what's interesting is that like he's six foot seven. And, like, yeah. back then, I think if you were 6'7", you were just ca- cast in a certain role. Like, you're going to play Frankenstein, which he did three times. <laughs> but, like, you're going to be in a certain role. You're going to be the big monster. Whereas nowadays, with The Rock and everything, like, a lot of actors, they do want them for action stars. Whereas back then, they probably didn't look at him go, we'll give him a franchise. And he probably came at a wrong time in that regard. But to be in Star Wars, you still have that lasting legacy that he, no matter what happens, he will always be there. Even though there has probably been a lot of behind-the-scenes uh, stuff in regards to George Lucas and, like, them not giving him the, the the funds that he deserved and all that stuff, that is kind of all, like, ridiculous, really. They just paid a man, or they should have, when he was alive, anyway. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I, I just think it is very sad that he's passed away. And it was just nice to mention it because, I mean, maybe Star Wars wouldn't have been the same without him. Absolutely, absolutely. It would have been a much different um, iconic villain without him carrying the costume in that way. Also, one of my favourite facts about him is that didn't he he spoil the fact that Darth Vader was Luke's father two years before it happened? He was given a speech in, in a college, I can't remember what college, but he was given a speech to the graduates. And as a joke, he said, oh, maybe Darth Vader is Luke's father. Yeah. And, and, but, he, but he couldn't have possibly known because of the fact that the second, like, it hadn't even been written. The script, for, the script hadn't even been written. So George Lucas hadn't even put it down on paper yet, that, but he had ruined it without even knowing. Yeah, that's it. And uh, on the filming day, the script that David Prowse and Mark Hamill got given, um, it wasn't I am your father, it was Obi-Wan killed your father. Yeah. So um, he, he absolutely didn't know the actual Twice. He so he had to go to the cinema again. <laughs> go fucking do that. <laughs> Shit. Um, so yeah, we, we just wanted to cover that at the start. Obviously, um, uh, rest in power. Uh, to the man himself but um, we are going to have to move on to other uh, smaller pieces of news regarding movies Sean which as I always say when we we cover uh, something actually real world at the start of the show kind of seems pointless but let's go into it anyway because we are nerds (laughs) we are nerds and this is a nerd based show so we are starting uh, the movie news portion of the show this week with a bit of news about Spider-Man 3 and there's been a lot of news recently in regarding uh, the multiverse of madness involving yes. Doctor Strange and how that's going to affect Spider-Man 3 with rumours being Andrew Garfield's going to be in it, you have Tom Maguire coming back, well we now have another rumour. I think I know this one but I want you Alfred, to tell me yeah. Alfred Molina was reportedly returning as Dr. Octopus in Spider-Man 3. Sean, what are your thoughts? Oh, I don't know. This is Because hmm. this goes beyond any of the other ones we've seen. Because, fair enough, if you bring back um, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield... Jamie e- Foxx. Jamie Foxx, I was going to say. Because like, I think Jamie Foxx is still alive at the end of Spider- Amazing Spider-Man 2. 
Oh god, do not try and let me... Don't make me try to remember the amazing Spider-Man 2. Is he dead? It does <laughs> he die? We should know this, but I know I, for I a fact that Dr. Octopus remember. dies. I can't remember anything about that movie. <laughs> Genuinely. Um, yeah, I, Doc Ock definitely... We can confirm due to the fact that he explodes underwater that he probably died. Yeah, now there are a couple of ways they could go with this. It could go be to Star Wars route. Go somehow to Star he's Wars. back. Somehow. Alfred <laughs> somehow. Molina returned. Alfred <laughs> Molina. Um, uh, also, apparently, <laughs> uh, Electro seemingly disappears near the end of Amazing Spider-Man <laughs> 2. And when they asked Jamie Foxx on whether he's actually dead, Jamie Foxx replied, Electricity can't die. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Jamie. I mean, he, he's a man that would like to take the piss on a press tour. Just the electricity oh, never dies. Just wind Come people on, up. Yeah. Um, now, what, sorry, I like the idea that they're p- cherry-picking the best parts of every Spider-Man series um, in these new Spider-Man movies. Because Alfred Molina is an amazing Doctor Octopus. Mm. And Spider-Man 2 is regarded as probably top two Spider-Man movies ever. Until, like, I would have said um, Tom Holland's first one, Homecoming, is my favourite. I don't know if it's the best, but it's probably my favourite other than Spider-Verse. And then you have Spider-Man 2. That's probably how they're ranked. Yeah. we Did did we do a Lazarus Pit on Spider-Man 2? I think we did. We we did indeed. It was probably, I think it was our second Lazarus Pit that we ever did. But, yeah, that that movie still holds up. It's got the it train does. fight scene. That is amazing. Uh, yeah, and... This movie, if all of the rumours are to be believed, is kind of setting up its own Spider-Verse-style team-up. Which, wouldn't it be really interesting if this version of Doctor Octopus is the superior Spider-Man from the comics? And explain that to anyone who doesn't understand it. So, there was an event in Marvel Comics where Doctor Octopus was suffering from some kind of degenerative disease... Basically, he was like he'd be locked inside of his own body, mm. and so he swapped brains with Peter Parker. As you do, and as you do, fairly standard mm. procedure. So far, it's the plot of Freaky Friday featuring Lindsay Lohan. But go on. Well, that's exactly the premise of Spider-Man Three. <laughs> so here we go. Um, but basically, Octopus is just like, okay, I'm going to do all the things Spider-Man couldn't do. So he like he gets in a fight with Scorpion and he punches his jaw off because he he's like. Oh, I didn't realise Spider-Man was this strong. For the past, oh. like, 20 years I've been fighting him, he's been pulling his punches. Yeah, like, he's been going easy on him. Yeah, so, basically, the crux of it is that uh, he thinks he can be a better Spider-Man than Spider-Man ever was. But then he realises, no, he needs to help people to be the best version of Spider-Man. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's this whole thing about him actually turning good, essentially. Um, until he goes mental at the end. But, it, for a bit there, he's doing grand. <laughs> for, for a small little bit, maybe ten minutes of the film, you could have him be... He's on, the, he's on the straight and narrow. He's going well for a little bit. Then, ultimately, he is going to have to end up punching some people's jaws off. Like, I just... I think, I, I think it'd be an interesting nod to both, you know, that Alfred Molina was Dr. Octopus... 
and you know that Doc Ock is dead and had quite a satisfying conclusion to his story so what if this was like a parallel Doc Ock who became the superior Spider-Man yes it is interesting that they've taken villains from the second one of the last two trilogies well the last two Spider-Men um, so you have Electro from Amazing Spider-Man 2 and now you have Doctor Octopus from Spider-Man 2 um, who else are they going to bring in like I mean, this is not confirmed, but this is sources close to Disney and Sony um, who have uh, broken this news. So it's not confirmed at the minute, but it is highly uh, rumoured that he has started some stunt choreography and has started filming his scenes in the past couple of weeks, which very much points to the fact... Also, Sam Raimi, is he not directing Into the Multiverse? Multiverse of Madness, yeah. Multiverse of Madness, sorry, yeah. So he's directing the Doctor Strange version that would set up the fact that Spider-Man can now go to different universes and Sam Raimi also directed Spider-Man 2. Yeah, and uh, J.K. Simmons is another constant in both yes. of those universes. Yeah, so what does this... Are they actually setting up a Spider-Verse and setting up maybe a Miles Morales intro? It's very possible. Like, the precedent is there that... You know, everyone points to that Donald Glover has a nephew in the neighbourhood and all mm. this. And, like, originally I would be kind of hesitant because Miles Morales has quite a good, like, base of operations in the the Lord and Miller Spider-Verse that they've set up. Um, but then, I don't know if you're following The Mandalorian or do you care if I spoil it at all. But, uh, certain people might, but okay. I probably am not one of them. Okay, well then, here we go. For the next 40 seconds, spoilers <laughs> for the episode of The Mandalorian that came out on the 27th of November, okay? Oh, this, oh, this, is, this is very close, okay. Uh, so, in, in the latest one, they brought in a character who was introduced in the animated series, like the Clone Wars and Rebels. And they brought her in in live action. Mm. Um, and it worked really, really well. So, like, had I not seen that, I'd be like, no, Miles Morales can... It'd be weird to have him not be animated. But now I'm like, no, nah, bring him in. Fuck it. It'll be great. I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Because I think Tom Holland also, as much as he loves the character, eventually he is going to have to step away. And Sony yeah. realised that he's the cash cow. So if they set up a live action Spider-Verse early, before he steps away, you do get to have the scene where he passes on the baton and he says, okay, you're Spider-Man now, to Miles Morales, whoever they choose, whatever actor. And then you could have... They, they are very much trying to do a live action Spider-Verse because they wanted to have something along Avengers Endgame kind of thing. Like, Sony want their own team, and they've been talking about this for years. Um, so, bringing in all these new villains would probably make that make it so that you would need new Spider-Men to fight them. Yeah, now, in terms of passing the torch, I think Tom Holland is still a bit young. to like how- He's, but they, they're probably not thinking now, though. They're thinking 2025. The, yeah, I suppose I suppose that would make sense. Um, and the idea of just, you know, here's a Spider-Man story from this universe, or here's a Spider-Man story from the future universe. You know, that's an interesting 
way to make infinite Spider-Man movies, which always make, even the bad ones make money. Yeah, that's the only one, like, that's the bankable one that they had. There's the famous story of Marvel, they offered Sony, like, all of their stuff for 25 million in, like, 98 or 99, and Sony said, no, we only want Spider-Man for 10, because he's the only one people will pay to watch. Which obviously now seems ridiculous, but back then it was true that Spider-Man would have been the only cash cow that they had. Yeah, Spider-Man, either Spider-Man or Spider-Man 2, for a long time had the biggest opening weekend ever. Um, Yeah. So, like, I think it's just, like, Sony are going to keep making the Spider-Man movies until Disney buys them outright. I think we can all kind of come to terms with that. And Disney will just be like, here's seven trillion (laughs) dollars. Give us everything. Yeah, so um, in terms of bringing it back to like the main headline, Alfred Molina joining, like he's proved he can do, he's proved he's a great actor and he's proved he can do Doc Ock well. So if he's brought in as Doc Ock, I have no fear of him. No, I, I think this could be really cool. I mean, it depends how to do it. Why we got into the larger discussion there is because this kind of applies a Spider-Verse of some sort. So you kind of have to go down that road. But just as a story itself, if he's in, and if you don't look at Jamie Foxx being there or Tom McGuire or whatever, he's great casting. We've seen what he can do. I'm very much excited to see what they try and put together here. Because it could be very exciting. It could be too many characters that it could end up being shit. But... I'm excited to see them try because what? we've seen that's sorry. Go on. I was gonna, what if they set up a multiversal Sinister Six? Oh, motherfucking shit! Yes, yes. And Tom Holland has to fight them. Uh, yes, and he's he can't. So he yeah, goes and he and needs help. He needs help, and he's like, I need a Spider-Man who's fought him before, and I need a Spider-Man from that universe who's fought him. Holy before. fuck! And so he gets in the other two to help him. Yeah, because he would have fought. Tom Holland would have fought Vulture. Uh, Garfield would have fought Electro, and mm. Maguire would have fought Alfred Molina. Yeah, and, and then, th- who's left then of the six? You've Scorpion, Goblin, uh, Craven, and Craven. Shocker. Craven and Shocker, okay. So they haven't done any of Shocker was in Homecoming. So he adds into Holland as well. Yeah, sometimes Venom's in there. It's you know I look, I hope that happens. I think that would be very, very cool and a lot of people would nerd out if that happens. It would be very similar to Cap and the Hammer situation if like Tom Holland's like, I need help and he doesn't go to the Avengers but he goes across dimensions. That, that's the most logical <laughs> place to go. <laughs> so we're going to move on to our next piece of news. And this involves everyone's favourite franchise, the Fantastic Beasts franchise, Sean. Um, oh. So obviously there was a lot of talk over the last few weeks. Johnny Depp has uh, been, he's stepped away. They've gotten rid of him. And they have brought in somebody to replace Johnny Depp. So in the first movie, if you remember, Colin Farrell was playing Johnny Depp. Yeah. Um, and then, but it would make the most sense to just have bring Colin Farrell back, but he is busy filming the Batman at the minute, so he is not around. So they had to bring in somebody else. So our news is that Mads Mikkelsen officially replaces Johnny Depp as Grindelwald Ooh. in Fantastic Beasts 3. I'd, oh, that's actually quite good. He's evil. 
Mads he, is a great evil person. Mads does a great evil person. Um, see, I, I've had this discussion before that I never thought Johnny Depp was a great Grindelwald because he's Grindelwald in the books is like he's this handsome dude who's really charming and you know just had a silver tongue could talk his way into anywhere mm. and. The the Grindelwald that we saw in that first and second Fantastic Beasts movie was just kind of a weird psycho. He was a Nazi. <laughs> he was a Nazi, exactly. Like, had he been Colin Farrell for the whole movie, that's a charming man I could understand. Because Colin Farrell, that, bit of a role. That's a charming Nazi. you got to go with that. He's a wizard Nazi, but... <laughs> You're a wizard Nazi, Harry. <laughs> but I think Mickelson has that air of just charm. And maybe it's the Carlsberg ads. Maybe that's why I think it. It might just be that, yes. And you do love a sweet, sweet pint of Carlsberg. I do. Well, it's 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 pretty good, Connor. It, <laughs> it might be the best lager in the world. Oh, we have not been paid for that. Please stop. <laughs> Say it, and they will come, Connor. <laughs> There's like Carlsberg office somewhere, and all their heads have just popped up. Like someone's talking about us. It's better time. get down there. <laughs> Um, I look. I think this is a good casting decision. I wonder how much of the original Grindelwald look they'll keep. The like, bright white hair and the crazy spiked up stuff. Yeah, the different coloured eyes. You know, that's because I like. I so I somehow I really like Mads Mikkelsen even after seeing him in Hannibal, where he's a weird. He's that's a weird psycho. Yeah, but I, I feel he can be more. Uh, charming and arrogant and dangerous as Grindelwald and more so than Johnny Depp who just really leaned into the dangerous weird side of things and now I think it is good casting if you had done this at the start but yes in the third one, I think it is very weird I think this is very much them trying to move on as fast as possible like this happened two weeks ago. They've already got Mads in. Because the sooner, the, the smaller the gap, the better they felt. And a lot of people like Mads Mikkelsen, so they're probably going to be less angry if he comes in. Because, I mean, he's a great actor. So you can't be like, oh, he's shit. You're like, well, no, he's actually pretty good as well. But it is just very strange, because the last one ended with Johnny Depp, like, tr- going to kill the whole world. And, like, he was ultimately powerful. And it was, like, his big moment. And then... I mean, now he's now not Johnny Depp. <laughs> he's going to be Mad Mickelson, and we're going to be like, oh, that's the same guy for some reason. Yeah, is it like, unless they're right into it, why he looks different? That he had some kind of wizard plastic surgery because every, cause everyone knew who he was? Yeah, I could, I could. I mean, yeah, you could make anything work, really, in a script. It's uh, magic. Also, like. this this very much implies: does anyone care about the Fantastic Beasts franchise at this stage? Is it too long gone? I forgot they were making another one. Oh, Ezra Miller's locked in for like another two. <laughs> yeah, but Ezra Miller's locked in for so many projects at the minute, and none of them have any footing. <laughs> the Flash can never get made because they have to make another six Fantastic Beasts films. Like they're really. They really committed to that too early, didn't they? <laughs> they did. The first one well, was can... grand. The second yeah, one the... is a mess. Yeah, the second one is awful. And uh, the, yeah, the second one is so bad. 
And the first one is, as you said, like, the first one is fine, but where do you go from fine? If, like, the first one's meant to be straight out the gate, you've got all this excitement, and it's just grand. So it's going to only go downhill from there. So the third one, I probably think, probably going to be along the same level of quality. I think this, I think the franchise probably needs to stop. Uh, for more uh, reasons yeah. than one, J.K. Rowling doesn't need any more money. I think she'll be fine if they just cancel it. The, yeah, and if she just stop tweeting dumb things <laughs> stop delete Twitter that's a whole thing. separate thing yeah that's not the kind of things we cover here but good god <laughs> good job I mean so far you've successfully killed your own franchise and your own PR team I love it <laughs> um, okay so yeah Mads Mikkelsen is coming in great actor I'm excited to see what he does but also I don't care about this franchise I, I think that about sums it up mm. um, okay we're going to move on to our next piece of news and this involves No Time to Die Sean your favourite movie and mine now originally uh, we reportedly, or we claimed through a few reports that MGM were looking for streaming services to pay them for the rights to stream the movie. And can you remember how much that we originally said they were offering to be like, we'll give you the whole movie for this amount? $650 million or something like that? Um, it was 550 So $550 million was the original uh, report. But now, the asking price to no, for No Time to Die streaming rights was way higher than first reported oh. <laughs> in the news. So, No Time to Die, as we all know, everyone's favourite series, James Bond. Me, mine and yours, Sean, we're, we're mad about it. And Ooh. MGM, they've been pushing it back. And they've been thinking, we need to get people to buy it. But we're not going to give it away for free. We want a bit of money for our work from Netflix. Netflix, you pay us for the for the genius that we're going to give you in No Time to Die. And reportedly, they are they said to Netflix and Apple TV that they would have to pay them upwards of eight hundred and fifty million dollars for oh. the latest 007 adventure. Oh no! <laughs> That's nearly a billion dollars. Sean. Nearly a billion dollars for. A James Bond movie. <laughs> has there ever been a worse... Has there ever been a worse foundation for a negotiation? To use a very Irish phrase, the fucking neck on him to ask that. <laughs> I mean, the neck means the audacity. Yeah. That is... 800... There are movies that don't make that money. Big. How much money did the last James Bond movie make? What was the, and if it what was, was the name of the last James Bond? Oh my god! Uh, okay, Quantum Solace is twenty like twenty fifteen. Yeah. Last one is Spectre. Uh, it's not Spectre, is it? Is that Spectre? Is Spectre the last one? Uh, let me hang on. List of James Bond <laughs> films. Uh, Spectre twenty fifteen. Oh my god! What? How much money did it make? Uh. At the box office, let me Spectre box, box office. Off. I'm pretty sure I Google this like every time. We yeah, talk definitely. About it. Spectre 100%. made 880.7 million at the box so, office. So they were asking for the exact same amount, really. Yeah, the like Skyfall made 1.1 billion. Okay. Uh, Quantum of Solace was 600 million. Casino Royale was 600 million. Not great. 
not not great in terms of Bond movies. Well, if you average all them out, it's probably about eight hundred million or eight hundred billion. Or no, million, not billion. Billion, 800 billion. billion. That's actually how they did the maths for this deal. Like, it's about 800 billion, Netflix. Don't you mean million? I don't think so. No. I didn't stutter. I don't, but I don't know that, you know, 880 million, like, five years ago, guarantees 850 million today. That's just the price no. of payment as well. Like, that's what they're looking to be paid Straight up, it's like it's like they're offering you a really bad deal. They're like, we've got this like very old Mazda, and we want to give it to you, but you're going to have to pay us the price of a Ferrari. I'm sorry. Like, I I'm not sure, and maybe it's because we're not James Bond fans, but I don't know that. Eight hundred and fifty million dollars is a realistic amount to expect for this movie. Now, mm. saying that, I think that they've projected probably that they would lose so much money if this only goes out in cinemas. They're losing one million dollars a month by not putting it out, by delaying it. And I, but but if they put it out like within the next three to four months it's gonna get a th- uh, like an eighth of the audience it probably would have otherwise oh, it, it, if um if tenet can only make 300 million there's not a hope that this makes over 200 yeah like it it, it, it just doesn't it doesn't add up I, I just think i mean this wouldn't be news other than the fact that this seems like the most absurd amount of money if they had it even 600 was like oh that's a lot but if you would come out and said, "Give us three hundred million for this movie," that probably cost us a hundred and fifty million. Take your profit and go. Just get the one fifty extra. Get in and get out. Yeah, focus but, on the next one. <laughs> but they've gone straight in with eight hundred million. Just seems like nobody's going to touch it. And now when they go back to Netflix, Netflix are going to be like, "Well, either you give it to us for three hundred million because we now know you're desperate, or you don't get anything." You just put it out and hope. Yeah. So, um, how excited are you for No Time to Die? It's going to happen in the next few months. I, every time you bring it up, I'm less excited. Mm. And then it's <laughs> going to come out and we're not going to talk about it ever again. <laughs> do you want to do a review of it? Not particularly. Mm, no, that would involve seeing it, Connor. <laughs> that's true. And I don't want to give them money. So... Okay, Sean, we're going to have to move on to our next piece of news. And now this is more Star Wars news, Sean. Because I know you love the wars in the stars. I do love war, correct. And I know what else you like. I know what you like when movies and TV shows, I mean, they focus on women. You know what I mean? You're you're big into that. I'm, I'm I'm not against it. The way you're saying it comes across a little weird. Actually, no, that is correct. That that, that did sound very sus. But um, we have now more news about the Disney Obi Wan series. Um, now this could all be rumor, but according to the news sources, um, the Disney Plus Obi Wan series will be very female focused and will cast Naomi Scott as a co lead to go alongside. Um, go alongside, uh, the, obviously, Hugh McGregor playing Obi-Wan. So they are looking for 
up to three three female leads and a male character who is going to be a quirky comedic male. That is, these are the the things that they're throwing out in the casting list. Right, okay. A quirky comedic male. (laughs) So, currently, the casting list is for a character called Riley, a.k.a. Eve, who's a female, 20 to 25. She will be a co-lead, right? So she will be very much 50-50 with Obi-Wan. Then we have Tia, who's a female in her 30s. She is a supporting character. Harold who's a male, late 20s to 30s, supporting a quirky comedic male, mm. and Bella, who's a female in her 40s, who will also be a supporting character. So we obviously know very little about the Obi-Wan series. So anytime we do get a piece of, any piece of news at all, I think a lot of the news sites kind of jump on it. And I just kind of wanted to see what you felt. They were going to have to fill out this cast somewhere, but the idea of this series having a co-lead is an interesting way to go about it. Yeah, um, now in, look, in expanded universe stuff. That doesn't um, exist anymore, does it not? It doesn't exist, but they keep fucking pulling from it. Because <laughs> I think someone was just like accidentally deleted all the files and then they were like, fuck, some of that was good. We better just oh, keep pretending just, to go back to it. Just get someone who vaguely remembers it and then we'll we'll just make a script. Um, <laughs> Palpatine is cloned. Um, <laughs> Palpatine's back. We don't know how. So in the expanded universe, like Obi Wan, just doesn't doesn't just sit on Tatooine being miserable until Luke Skywalker grows up. Okay. He like he goes on little adventures and he solves problems for locals and things like that. Um, he does have like romantic interests as well. Now the idea of a co-lead could be like. Um, d- Two separate stories that are involved with each other. Um, the main one I'm thinking of being that um, if Darth Maul, which I think they're going to involve Darth Maul in the Obi Wan series because they're so closely yeah, I, connected. I, I, yeah, I mean those two are intrinsically linked in this world. Exactly, they're 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 two halves of Darth Maul, um, mm. and. Darth Maul is like a, the biggest crime boss in the galaxy. So it would be cool to see Obi-Wan kind of work, like keeping tabs on what's going on there, as well as maybe like, you know, some kind of high society or, or organization also keeping tabs on Maul. That like them and Obi-Wan have the same goal, but they're working at it in very different ways. You could even have uh, the thing where uh, Riley or Eve or whatever this character's name is, like, they, Maul might be somehow, like, affecting her, and, like, she's trying to take Maul out, and Obi-Wan somehow hears of this, or maybe she comes to Obi-Wan and she knows who he is, and she's like, I need your help, I'm going to try and take down Maul, and the two of us are probably better than me going head in, and then you going head on later on, we might as well do this together. Yeah, and look... This I don't know how how much they could get out of Obi Wan meditating in the des- in the desert for twelve episodes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you get fifteen episodes over. I don't think so. I don't think it's the kind of thing people want to watch. Um, so I like the idea of there being parallel stories, and it just helps to f- like flesh out the universe, like fill it out a bit more. 
Now, whether and now, now you have a quirky comedic male as well, who, in their own words, they're reportedly casting a doofy sidekick, which I think is going to lead to hilarity. Oh, ab- oh, what? Look, Josh Gad has his fingers crossed right now. <laughs> Um, he's like is he a snowman I'm out <laughs> he's a sandman keep talking keep talking I'm back in I do, <laughs> you have my attention I do think that's a very Disney edition though of the kooky sidekick yeah and Obi-Wan is gonna roll his eyes as this guy is like talking shit yeah and look I I, I get why they're doing it Um, I think it won't be uh, I it'd be very hard to make it loved by all of the fans I think there's a certain group of people who will really like it and then there's another group that will not like it and another group probably a much larger group who are just indifferent to the whole thing and what I'm going to get in ahead before all of uh, the tweeters start coming out, Sean, but how do you feel about um, all those people online that will say, an Obi-Wan show that has women in it, wow, they might have some strong opinions against that. What would your thoughts be? Like, first of all, grow up. <laughs> what, women in space? I don't think so. First Ray and now this? I don't know. Se- like, uh, look, be, look, be thankful you're getting fucking anything at all. First of all. Yeah, well, this Obi-Wan show has not been happening for years. No, it's been happening and then not happening. And then it was a movie and then it was a show again. But it, like, it's still going to... This is, this is the only way that this show is getting made is if all these elements are in it because that's what they've decided. And also because Obi-Wan is a character who's way more interesting when he's surrounded by other people. Yes, and he's much more interesting but when his views like go against those he's closest to. Like some of the most interesting stuff in all of Star Wars is when he is faced with choosing what he knows is right to do versus what the Jedi Order tells him is okay to do. Yeah, that's why his relationship with Qui-Gon is so interesting as well because Qui-Gon is kind of teaching him like you don't have to listen to everything. Just kind of pick it up as you go along. And he's like, then listening to all, like, Mace Windu, and they're all telling him, no, follow the book exactly. Yeah, like, just, if you feel bad, just don't focus on it. Just block it out and continue going. Whereas, like, if Qui-Gon had raised Anakin, Anakin would have been fine, is the thing. Mm. But, and 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 I also think that the Obi-Wan we see in A New Hope is very different from the Obi-Wan we see in Revenge of the Sith. Like, a lot happens to him in that, like, 19 years in the desert or whatever it is. So, we can see that, we can see that develop, but we it, we can't just watch that for however many seasons of this show they make. There needs to be subplots and side plots of just other things going on in the fucking galaxy. <laughs> Also, you McGregor would be wrecked. Be <laughs> You're shattered. in 27 scenes in the next hour, you would. Just put him in the literally put him in the desert and film him. He'll go mad and it'll be great. <laughs> um, yeah, so that is our first piece of like any tangible some like reports or rumors about this show because they have kept everything under wraps in regards to this. So we will try and keep you updated if any more news comes out, but it's very much... Star Wars news, in my opinion, is always very much either 
everything comes out every single week. There's always news, or they'll go for a year without you hearing anything. Yeah, and it, like we haven't had Star Wars news in a while. Really, it's been largely radio silence. Mm. So maybe this um, is the start of something. So we're going to move on to our next piece of news. Now this involves Twenty One Jump Street, Sean. Oh, and okay. um, what did you think of Twenty One Jump Street? Really liked it. Thought it was a fun time. Fun time. Well, they are doing a Twenty One Jump Street female spin-off okay. that was first reported in twenty eighteen, but they are now bringing it out, and it's called Jump Street now for her pleasure. That is what the movie is called. Sean, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, outrageous decision to have a movie with women in it again. How <laughs> dare they? Uh, okay, I will say, not mad on the title. Um, no. I think if you had called this 23 Jump Street, that would be fine. Mm. I think I think more but, people would But I think a lot it. of people, a lot of people would complain that this is what happened to Channing. What happened to, to Jonah? They're That's just, what they'd say. They're in the background. It's fine. It doesn't they're, matter. They're there. They're it's, there. It's fine. <laughs> <Look> at, <laughs> the, the thing about this is like, we've always said on the show that they, they, Hollywood has this weird thing where, like with the Ghostbusters or whatever, they, they're just like, right, we'll do a female spin-off of that. When you could just do a good female movie, you don't have to call it that yeah. thing. It's like, the you idea just, of like, you, do you remember all the like, the games for girl, like the girl gamer games that used to be on like PS2 and Nintendo DS and stuff. And they were just yeah. these pink sparkly messes. <laughs> it's like, just make good games. Just make good movies. <laughs> because, you know, like women will also play good games as well. It, do- it doesn't have to be sparkly. <laughs> so like, th- and the, the same would go for movies in my opinion that it doesn't really matter who the leads are. Just make a good movie and people will go see it. Absolutely. You're, I think it's a weird way that, as you said, like it's their way to be like, oh, well, you like 21 Jump Street with guys it. Why don't we just do the same thing with women? I think it's lazy in that regard, just in terms of whoever's coming up with this movie to go off that. Because, I mean, 21 Jump Street is fine, but like, it's not, it's not going to break any... It's not like that name is going to get you a billion dollars already in the box office. You might as well just do a movie that's really, really good and... Has about is about two police women that are undercover that are on a sp- not even called Jump Street, call it a different street, and just have them do funny shit like you had in the first one, and it doesn't really matter. Yeah, like there's so many teams in Jump Street, um, that you can just do like, oh, this is what this team gets up to, this is what this team gets up to. You don't need to be like, oh, and now here's the girl version. Where? Yeah, I think that's the I think that's the worst thing. When it, I feel like that, you want to normalize the fact that you don't have a girl and a boy version. You just have a version that girls are the lead of. Yeah. Now, I I would love if they got um, Olivia Wilde in on this because she wrote Booksmart. Oh yeah. Or she directed it. Sorry, yes. but I feel like that that is the kind of chemistry you need in a movie like this. Like, mm. actual natural dialogue that doesn't sound pandery as fuck. Well, Phil Lord and Chris Miller worked on the first two. And I think if you got Lord and Miller, and you got her, all in the same room, you could, you could come up with a script that is very, very strong. I think so. And there's no reason they can't do that, is the thing. 
But, no, but I'm very worried that they will just... Like, I feel like they don't put their all into this. If you're going to do it, you you got to do it well. But they'll kind of like, ah, they'll rewrite it. They'll, look, we'll make the girl version, as you said. It'll be fine. Yeah, I don't... I think I think they got, like... The first and second Jump Street movies are... Like, they're fun. They're a bit of dumb fun. And this one can also be dumb fun. But I, I don't want to deal... With that Twitter anger over something that really sh- you shouldn't be angry about. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, if it's good, good stuff. And also, if it's shit, who, like, if you're on Twitter now and your fingers are like, oh man, I gotta tell them this is a terrible idea. But really, if it comes out and it's bad, that does not mean that the first two do not exist. You can just go back and watch them. Yeah, you can just. And, and, and look. As of now, there's no more Jump Streets at the minute. Those are the only two that exist. And you're grand. So if there's another one, it's either going to be good and happy days. You have three Jump Street movies you like. Or it's going to be not to your taste. And you can just watch the other two like you have been doing. And also, the writers of the movie will be Wendy and Lizzie Molyneux, who we covered last week. Um, For Bob's Um. Yes, so from Bob's Burgers and who are now writing Deadpool 3. So they're very busy. They're going to be writing a 21 Jump Street spin-off and they're writing Deadpool 3 over the next few years. Those are, and they're fucking good writers for a reason. Because yeah. their shit doesn't sound forced and, you know, preachy. I think this could be really funny. I think let's, it could let's be really just funny. Fucking, let's just see what it is. I mean, as long as there's... I hope they don't have a line that's like my name is Jeff like a spin off of that because I mean that is the meme and I'm always worried um, studios or Hollywood will be like well that was hot in 2016 we better do it again yeah it was hot in 2016 and now it's kind of come back but in a lame way (laughs) my name is Jeff (laughs) pretty good I I still find it funny you know what I mean put that in the script put that in the script (laughs) Yeah, they're like, well, put that down first. But I mean, nobody's called Jeff. Just put it down. Just put the fucking thing down My in the script, and we'll work around it. Is Jeff? <laughs> Spell Jeff with an O though for the women. That's how we get them in. Geoff. Now, smart <laughs> Jeff. Um, so we're going to finish off movie Mondays this week, Sean, with Wonder Woman news. Now, um, <clears throat> we know that Wonder Woman 1984, there's been a lot of talk that it's coming to HBO Max um, and that they're they're going to do like a half and half where they've linked it to HBO Max and they're going to release it to the cinema. So they're co- trying to cover both heads. Um, but now we also have news of a, of a Wonder Woman 1984 spin-off. Oh, Wonder Woman 85. <laughs> 86, 87, we're here for decades. No, Wonder Woman um, will have a spin-off called The Amazons that they already have lined up. Um, now, she, Patty Jenkins, who is of course behind uh, Wonder Woman's success and was the director of the first one and is directing the second one and the third one, if I, if I remember correctly, she has come out and stated that her and Jeff Johns have come up with and then introduced to Werner the ideas of this Amazon, this spin-off focusing on the, on the Amazons. The events of this story take place after Diana leaves Temescara, 
and there are some twists and turns linked to what will happen between Wonder Woman 1984 and Wonder Woman 3. So the production of the project has not yet officially started, but we hope to get it because I love this story. So the idea is that they're going to release Wonder Woman 1984, then they're going to have an Amazon spin-off in between that will show all everything that's happening on Temescara, and then that would lead directly into Wonder Woman 3. Okay, is this quite a similar, um, I suppose, release and tie-in schedule to the way the Gotham City Police Department show is also coming out to fill the gap between the first year of Batman and the new Batman movie? I think it is. I think this must be a strategy they're trying to employ using HBO Max. I think so. And and look, it's, it is in a way good for everyone because it's more content on hbo max and if done correctly it's a way to like set up the story to make it more satisfying for people who have watched the show and then go on to the movie now Mm. we've raised concerns that it might bore people and tire them out before they get to the movie (laughs) but i think that's more to do with the fact that we've already seen gotham police department in depth in a lot of senses Whereas the Amazons would be quite new. And I think the Amazons would be very interesting to cover. Because that's a whole world that like we've seen a little bit in Wonder Woman 1 and also in Justice League. But that is such an interesting like world to have that they barely kind of scratch the surface of. That you have all of these like badass women who are all warriors. And like you could have wars break out between them. You could have a Game of Thrones style shit where everyone's trying to take... To be in charge. I think you could go a multitude of ways because that once Diana leaves, then anything can happen. Yeah. Um, it, it's, a, it's a good time frame too because it kind of drops, like, this show would kick off kind of where we last really saw the Amazons. Like, because the first 20 or so minutes of Wonder Woman is like, oh, this is how the Amazons live. This is their their way of life. So we know that. And then Diana leaves, and then we get to see what happens after that. So it'll be be like, as you said, just a bit more of an in-depth look about everything that goes on on that island. Because it can't just be... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, what do you think of the strategy of bridging those gaps like does that make us want the next movie more or as you mentioned does that kind of damper down because you see a lot of this world does it lose some of its luster the more we see it it depends i think on the way they do it because if say how how do i put this now if 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 the world that they build is interesting enough on its own, then at at the end of Woman, Wonder Woman 84, for example, the audience should be thinking, oh, I can't wait to see what happens on Themyscira after this. Mm. You know, it, they can build hype for each other. The danger is that it becomes too much of a formula, which is, to go back to something I'm more familiar with, um, a lot of Marvel Phase 2, those movies were often said, oh, look, it's just the same thing. It's the same movie. It's quips, a big fight, a blue laser in the sky, and then credits. Yeah, and I think Winter Soldier was the only one that kind of changed that. 
Yeah, so you can't fall into a pattern with them. Like season one and season two of this Temescara show would have to be different. But also the pacing of the Gotham show and this show would have to be different. They can't and you'd also have to have you'd also have to have it so that people who watch this show get more out of the next movie. But if you don't watch this show, you're also not lost in the next film. Yeah, which can also mean that they choose to let the show suffer rather than the movie, which isn't a great thing. Like, and I didn't. I said I wasn't going to cover him, but what if Zack Snyder came in and maybe took this show by the reins and said, "I'm doing this, and I've got a good plan." He'll be too busy adding in another 30 frames to Superman's revival scene. Give me 700 million. I need four more minutes. There's there's a new animated sequence in it. It's going to be good. It's got Batman versus Superman again. Have you read The Dark Knight Returns? I've got a tattoo to my back. Come here. Read it from me. <laughs> 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 um, so yeah they are going to be doing an Amazon an Amazon's uh, show on HBO Max to kind of link into the whole Wonder Woman universe which is very interesting I I like what they're trying to do this is probably what they should have done at the very start it's very much catching it's all catch up now but it might also be too much too soon which is a bit of a worry yeah and hopefully it's um, it's not done for the sake of it. That it's done because they have a story they want to tell and that story is good. And but it, also, well, if Patty Jenkins is working on it with Jeff Johns, I could only assume they have a story there. Yeah, that's a pretty good team up. Mm. Um, so, Sean, that's actually it for this week's Movie Mondays. That was that, that was quite a brisk week, Connor. It was lovely. A, a brisk enough week. It was. There wasn't like a big news story, but there was like lots of little ones. Yeah, just a little peppering of of news stories yeah and would you like to take us out yes thank you everyone for listening to this episode of movie mondays we will be back on wednesday with weird news wednesday friday with hero or zero and next monday with another episode of movie mondays big thank you of course goes out to all of our patrons over on patreon who continue to support us and to help us make the show we really do appreciate it uh, big thanks goes out to waffles williams kira lawler david clark ed ball joe burney ray ging Roisin Halley. It's actually Roisin's birthday today, so happy birthday, Roisin. Oh, uh, happy birthday, Roisin. Happy birthday, Roisin. And anyone else whose birthday it is out there, happy birthday to you. <laughs> anyone, anyone in the whole world. If you've ever had a birthday, happy birthday. Yeah. Um, When's your birthday? Every year. Every year. <laughs> Ryan Evanson, Sean Jamieson, Dominic, Josiah Green, Annie Helmroos and Richard McGrew. Thank you all so, so much for the support. We really do appreciate it. Keep your eye on the Patreon over the coming days, because we will be announcing the winner of the, the t-shirt and mug raffle. Um, and we also added to the tiers, so there is a brand new tier if you want to go on to the Patreon now. Um, you, We have this everything that you got at the $5. We now have a new tier that you will get all the same Lazarus Pits, all that show, but you also get um, a personalised 3D print with a Detective Divilment badge. Hell yeah. You will get a mug. And you will get a t-shirt if you go to the next tier. Yeah, so a, a, a lot to be gained there. And as well as that, all of our patrons, you will be getting your Christmas cards in the post. Um, of course. That's of not course. a monthly thing. That's just a Christmas thing. It'll be weird to get them in June. I want one in July. You 
you're not getting one anyway. You don't support the Patreon. I actually, I'm not getting one because we don't live together. But I'm not, still not getting one. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, we're on all the social medias. Um, and if you have any questions or comments, you can email us here's Ryer underscore at outlook.com. But I think that's about it, Connor. I think so. So I've been Connor Lawler. I've been Sean Mead. I'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.